Check, 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 mic check. What's up, friends? How's it going? I'm feeling a little, um, I don't know, on the playful side today. It's Monday and I'm happy to be recording another podcast. And if you listened to last week's episode, I was super pumped about that topic. And we're going to dive in even deeper um, to something a little bit related to the podcast last week. So welcome to the Proving It Plant-Based Podcast. I am your host, Natalie. I'm a certified personal trainer and plant-based health coach. If you are looking for things fitness-related, plant-based diet, vegan nutrition, you've come to the right place. So we talk a lot about strength training and exercise, overall building healthy habits in the lifestyle that works for you, and then uh, how to eat for your fitness goals as well as your future. So today's topic, like I said, relates to last week, and today's topic is about are you eating enough calories? All right. So ask yourself that question right off the bat. Are you eating enough? Day to day, if you could think about the foods that you eat, do you eat a breakfast? Do you eat first thing when you wake up in the morning? Do you stop mid-morning maybe for a snack or a mini meal, maybe even a second breakfast if you eat early enough for that first breakfast? Um, And then are you taking a break during the workday for your lunch? Are you actually taking a lunch break or are you just sitting there eating at your desk? Do you disconnect when you eat or are you eating in front of the television? Are you eating in front of screens, your iPad, your phone, your work, your computer? And more or less, I was inspired to record this episode because of a podcast that was recently sent to me from a friend. And they covered, you know, basically all these things, talking about how women really are not eating enough. And I see this time and time again with my own clients, especially when we first start working together, I ask my clients to keep a food journal because I need to see where you're at. I need to see what we're starting with. So, you know, you might be eating enough. You might be getting in enough calories. So therefore, if you are eating enough calories and your goal is weight loss and to tone up and to shred a little bit, from there, it's pretty simple. We just start pulling away a little calories, right? It's not like depriving, restricting, you know, taking out all these food groups. But instead, you know, we find substitutes, we find meals that you do like and that you can incorporate into your diet, into your fitness goals, right? But maybe it's pulling back a couple hundred calories a week. So therefore you're making small progress week to week, but overall it's large progress. So when I first started coaching, I was a little bit more insecure, I will say, because in my own experience, I know what to do for myself. I know what to do for clients to get them to where they want to be. I know what it takes. I've done it time and time again, multiple times with myself and with others, and It's all trial and error to a certain extent, 
but there's a tried and true method that always works. So first and foremost, if you're not eating enough calories, we cannot restrict your calories. So I think that concept in itself is pretty simple. And a lot of times when I ask women, when we first start working together, all right, so how many calories are you roughly eating? If you're tracking your calories, you might have a better idea of this. If you are not tracking your calories, it may be a good idea to just track for a couple days in a row to see where you roughly are at. And you might come to realize that it's like drastically different every day. So that's what we really want to take a look at first. And more times than not, the average woman that I work with, that I begin to work with, usually their calorie intake is around 1200 to 1400 calories. And guys, like depending upon who you are, um, that's on the lower side. 1200 calories is pretty low, no matter who you are. Um, Unless you are already in an extreme diet that you haven't been in for a long time, then I would really, really want to reevaluate that because 1200 calories at a maintenance is more or less starvation. So I talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast. If you have not yet listened to last week's podcast, go ahead, press pause on this one, go back, listen to that one. But if not, you can always skip around, listen to this one first, listen to that one second. Um, But I talked about in that one how our bodies actually go into more of a Starvation sounds dramatic, but to put it simply, the way I think of it is like if we were, you know, in prehistoric times and we had to hunt for our food, maybe not even prehistoric times, right? We're, we're going way back there, but way, way back when, when we couldn't go to a grocery store and buy our food, when we had to actually be, you know, hunters, gatherers and you were relying on food based on your supply, right? Based on nature. So we obviously don't eat like that anymore unless you're doing a paleo diet, of course. But our bodies know how to keep us alive. So that being said, just like animals in the winter that go into hibernation. Think about it. They eat, eat, eat. They eat enough calories to keep their bodies fueling for the long winter. And then their bodies kind of just maintain off of, off of what they have eaten. So again, that's kind of a stretch for a metaphor, but our bodies still work in that same way. So if you are thinking to yourself, I'm eating less, so I'm doing better. Um, I hear this so often from women, like, oh, I did great today because I didn't eat a lot. And I'm like, no, 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 no. See, we actually want the opposite. We want to eat more because if we put our bodies in starvation mode, 
they tend to, our metabolism tends to stop working and it holds on to every last calorie that we consume. So if you ever have done any kind of strict diet regimen or, you know, you're eating small meals throughout the day kind of thing, I remember my bodybuilding prep days and it seems like I was always eating and I was, and it was a lot of work and it was, you know, very scheduled, very regimented, very time consuming, but I was always eating because my metabolism was always working and we would methodically cut food, but have smaller portions throughout the day. So therefore I was still eating enough. My portions were smaller. So I was kind of always hungry. My metabolism was constantly working. Therefore it led to fat loss. So when we only eat a thousand calories a day, your body is not functioning to the potential that it can be. So a lot of women are like, you know, I've never been thin or I've never been fit or I've never seen muscle definition. And I'll say to them, well, what do you eat day to day? And how much are you exercising? How much are you working out? How much are you lifting weights? And how much are you doing of cardio, right? So those are the top three indicators and the top three questions I would ask you if you're wondering why you're not hitting your fat loss, your fitness, your muscle gain goals, all right? So now if it's fat loss, that's a goal, again, Are you eating enough calories? Because right off the bat, if you're eating 1200 calories a day, as a coach and someone who has a whole food holistic approach, whole foods are very low in calories, of course, but I'm not gonna tell you to eat beans and broccoli for every meal. First of all, yuck right? We talked about carbs in the last episode and how important they are. And, you know, especially eating whole foods, they're so nutrient dense, but they're so low in calories. So we would actually start to add in more foods. We would get that calorie count up because ultimately weight loss is pretty simple. Calories in, calories out. In order to lose weight, you got to be in a calorie deficit right? We've heard this before. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, but I, as a coach, am not going to take calories away from someone who's only eating 1200 calories a day. So one of my clients who just did my last program, she is incredible. She's just been crushing it through the workouts. She's been crushing it. She tracks her macros. We've got her on a pretty flexible plan. Um, But right off the bat, I actually had to increase her calories a little bit. So she wanted to lose fat. She wanted to build muscle, but she actually wasn't eating enough calories. So we did increase her calories and we probably actually could have increased them a little bit more even just to get her body functioning and her body used to a little more food. That way, when you start to pull back, you know, every other week when you start to take away a couple hundred calories, 
that's when she's going to notice some big results. She's going to notice her body respond, right? So we get stuck. Our bodies plateau because, again, we're going back to that survival mode. If my body knows it's in this kind of maintenance of I'm only feeding it a thousand calories a day, it's not going to continue to lose weight because my body wants to survive. (laughs) So, you know, we got to do something different. And that difference is increasing calories little by little, increasing the food intake, and then you start to pull back. And so a lot of people, especially those who have big weight loss goals, like a lot of weight to lose, they get so freaked out at this idea. But once it's explained to them, it becomes a lot more tangible. Like, oh, okay, that actually makes sense now. Because in all reality, If you're eating a thousand calories a day and we need to put you in a calorie deficit, you can't survive on 500 calories a day. Sorry. I don't know anybody who would want to do that. (laughs) And who doesn't want to eat a little bit more and feel good and feel good about the foods that they're eating and not have to worry as much about like counting every little thing to make sure you're not going over. Well, In all honesty, and I'm just being fully transparent here, I understand everybody is different. And I'm someone who I actually, you know, right now I'm seven months postpartum tomorrow. So I told myself through pregnancy, obviously, and postpartum, you know, I actually got out of the whole tracking calories, tracking macros mindset for myself just because I have a pretty good idea off the top of my head how much protein I'm getting. I have a pretty good idea. I've been doing this long enough for myself that I know what I need to eat every day. And I switch it up. I don't eat the same things every day. I typically always have a smoothie, but I also don't limit myself, right? I'm not like measuring every little thing out, but I have a pretty good idea about my calorie, my protein, my carbohydrate and fat intake. So I know where I'm at. That being said, I probably eat around 2000 calories a day. Now that got challenging when I had a baby because I then fell into that category of busy mom always got my hands full, always trying to find little pockets of time throughout the day. And so when she's down for a nap, like she's down for a nap right now, I got a couple choices, right? I can work. I can hop right on my computer. I can get to work. I can do things like record this podcast, or I can make something to eat. I can tidy up the house a little bit, throw on a load of laundry, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of while she's down for a nap. So, you know, in that hour and a half, maybe two hour stretch when she's sleeping, I have to be really efficient with my time. So I'm just as guilty in saying that like I've skipped meals, you know, I 
I'm not as regimented about eating every three to four hours because let's be honest, I'm, I'm not the priority anymore. She's the priority. But on those days that I skip meals or I don't have the time to cook something or, you know, I fasted all morning because I tried to get in a workout and she never went down to take a nap. Guys, I know if you're a mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But on those days where I eat less and I maybe don't like hydrate as much as well because I just feel like I haven't gotten a moment to myself, I feel my body like not functioning as well. My energy is lower. I feel like a little sluggish. I might get some headaches because I'm not hydrating. And this is an important thing to recognize because when we're on top of our nutrition and we're eating every couple hours and we're eating whole foods and we're getting in our protein intake, our water intake, you have like a really solid day and you feel it because you'll wake up the next day and you'll be like, oh, wow, my tummy feels flatter or, you know, my digestion feels better. You know, I probably got in more fiber that day and everything is just functioning better. On those days when I accidentally skip some meals and whatnot, then at the end of the night, sometimes I'm trying to make up for it and get in those calories. Or I'm just, I'm so hungry that I might overeat unintentionally. So it's things like that where if we can be on top of our nutrition, if we can have a plan and not have that mindset of like starvation is the goal. Oh, I ate less today, so I must be doing great. I ate less today, I did awesome, I didn't snack, I didn't, you know, have a big meal. It's okay to have a big meal. It depends what's in that meal, of course. You know, I also don't want you in your kitchen snacking all day, but eating every three to four hours is a good idea. You'll never get to that point of starvation. You'll never get to that point of being so hungry that you want to binge on something that's like off track. Okay, so regardless of the end of the night, I'm so hungry, binging kind of meal, you know, if you're still restricting and still restricting, you are training your mind to think that that is a good thing. And it's ingrained in our culture as women. It's ingrained in our culture to think we should shrink ourselves, that we should be smaller, that if you skip breakfast and you eat a salad for lunch and then you have something small for dinner, tilapia and asparagus, if you will, um, we think like, oh, wow, I'm just crushing this. I'm doing well. And it's like, but how sustainable is that? I've always been someone who has been really pro eating. And I know that sounds really weird. Um, Fortunately, I've never been 
someone who has, you know, experienced any kind of drastic eating disorders. And I, you know, I have health coach friends who have gotten into the industry because they've healed from eating disorders. I've had friends, you know, I think we all know somebody who has struggled with body image, who has struggled with an eating disorder because we're taught as young girls to think we should shrink ourselves and that we should eat less and be smaller and, oh, you must have more willpower, right? But I'm telling you and I'm giving you permission, it's okay to follow an 80-20 rule. Eating holistic, healthy foods, plant-based 80% of the time, and then 20% of the time, maybe eating something that you really want or something that you wanna treat yourself to. Um, maybe it's like a favorite kind of ice cream. Maybe it's, you know, two cookies at the end of the night. And the reason why I say that is because it's about balance. Because if you're eating enough, those two chocolate chip cookies at the end of the night are not going to derail your success. And that's what I want to really, really hone in on today is because almost every single one of my clients likes to drink wine, likes to eat a meal out. Even in quarantine, guys, we need social time. We need to see friends. We need to get out of the house. So to sit here as a coach and say, no, you can't have wine. No, you can't go out to eat. No, you're going to fall off track if you do all that. That A, would be really unrealistic. And B, you would probably stick to it for two weeks and then say, F this, I'm going to find someone else to work with, right? So we make it to fit into your lifestyle. Now, granted, I've had clients that go from drinking wine every night to drinking wine every four days or maybe saving it for the weekends only. And so, you know, that's where we find that balance because to not eat and restrict your calories because you're saving them for your wine at the end of the night, well, in all honesty, you're not going to make it very far with your fitness goals because at the end of the day, as I'm for wine, as I'm for enjoying a cocktail, beverage, beer even, whatever you want, alcohol is empty calories. So if you're trying to fuel your workouts, you're worried you're not getting enough protein, you want to increase your fiber intake, you know, things like that, guess what? Wine has none of that, right? It might have antioxidants, which are good, but if you're drinking wine every single night, you're taking away from you know, actual good nutrients, micronutrients, macronutrients that you could be fueling your body with to fuel your workouts and in turn 
fuel your physique, right? Your appearance. Now, a lot of my clients are focused not only on appearance, but they're focused on, you know, how their insides are working too, how they're feeling. Do they have more energy? They want to be around for a long time for their kids, for their grandkids. They want to live a thriving lifestyle without health complications, diseases. So they're being mindful about this whole big picture aspect. But we want to think about the foods that we are eating and then how and what they are doing for us. Okay? So that being said, with workouts in mind, right? We're eating for fuel. We're eating to get stronger. We've got bigger goals, bigger purposes for why we're doing what we're doing. So that brings me to the next topic around whether or not you are eating enough and that's whether or not you are doing too much cardio. And I know a lot of you are thinking, but cardio is so good for you. Like I feel great when I do cardio. Why would I stop doing cardio? And no, I'm not telling you to stop doing cardio because cardio is great for your heart. It is, you know, great to just move your body. I have a spin bike in my basement. I love getting on my spin bike. I teach spin. Now, in a pandemic and with a seven-month-old baby, I don't teach as much as I would like to, but I used to teach seven classes a week, roughly, and now I actually only teach one class a week. And again, while I wish I was teaching more, your body actually doesn't need cardio every single day. Now, this obviously depends per person, but the more cardio you do, especially if it's steady state, right? So I'm going to explain steady state versus... um, high intensity in a moment here. But if you're doing steady state cardio day in and day out, every single day, and that's your go-to workout, your body is getting used to that. Just like running, right? So if you're a runner and that's your main form of working out and you stop running or you cut back on how many miles you're logging, Guess what? Your body got used to all the miles that you were logging week after week. And once you start to pull back, like anything, like with the food, when you change something, when you change a variable. So that variable is pretty pretty static, right? You're maintaining, you're maintaining, and then you change. Guess what? That variable is going to affect something else, another variable. That variable being your body and your weight, right? Because it's calories in, calories out. So if we're then not burning the same amount of calories from the cardio, yeah, you might gain a little bit of weight, which is not a bad thing. Um, But I'm just talking, you know, with everyone is different. And so point being... This 
brings up a memory that I had when I used to run cross country when I was in college. And it was the first race of my senior year. And I remember finishing the race and it probably wasn't one of my strongest races, but the girl who won the race, I remember looking at her and thinking, she doesn't look fast because she was carrying like a little extra. This sounds so judgmental when I say it, but I swear it's not. She was just, it was an observation that I made. She was carrying a little bit extra belly fat. And I thought, wow, that's actually pretty interesting because she clearly is fast, right? She probably ran a 17 minute, 5k right i think my fastest in college was like 20 minutes but she ran a really fast 5k and i remember just looking at her and thinking well she doesn't look like someone that would that would win this race but obviously she did and obviously she's fast 5k we ran cross country that's distance running so it's not track It's not short intervals. Granted, a 5K is not anything like a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon, but it is long distance running, right? It's 3.2 miles. So that is steady state cardio, right? Even if it's fast, it's still steady state. You are elevating your heart rate, but you're staying there, right? So you're getting to that certain miles per hour and you're going and you're trying to hold it. You're trying to hold it around the same pace. Maybe on that last mile, you're really kicking it in gear. But for the most part, you're in steady state cardio. And that's how we train as well for cross country races. It was, you know, long distance runs. I think our longest run of the week was a 10 mile run. So what occurred to me when I you know, made this observation was you actually don't have to be the fittest on the outside when it comes to steady state cardio because your body has trained, but your body has gotten used to the cardio. So therefore it depends on what you're eating, right? So if you think that cardio alone is going to get you to where you wanna be fitness physique wise, you actually have to reassess and reevaluate. Are you doing too much cardio and are you not dialing in the nutrition as much? So, right, we gotta be strategic with the cardio as well as the strength training because even for fat loss, even for muscle gain, Lifting heavy weights and pushing yourself for eight, 10 reps, that then elevates the heart rate and then you rest. So you're not only working the muscles, but it's short spurts of actually intense energy that you may not realize that you're doing when you're lifting weights, right? So now 
ask yourself, how much cardio are you doing and how much of it is steady state versus high intensity? So I said I was gonna break this down and explain the two forms of cardio as well. Now, steady state, like I said, is gonna be more long distance running, spinning for 45 minutes, Anything that you're doing for a longer period of time and your heart rate is kind of staying in that middle range, right? Your heart rate's not spiking up and then coming back down and you're resting. So high intensity interval training, which also if you see the acronym HIT, I, not I, H-I-I-T, if you see that like anywhere, HIT, that's what it stands for, high intensity interval training. Now, if you are doing true high intensity intervals, you should not be able to push longer than 30 seconds. Some even argue 20 seconds because if you're going longer than that, you're not going all out, right? Our body can't fully sprint or cycle as hard as possible, like in a cycle sprint or burpees as hard as possible, mountain climbers, jump squats, whatever. Any kind of high intensity movements. You want to go all out for no longer than 30 seconds. Then you have a rest. Whether you're sprinting for 30 seconds and then you rest a minute, whether you're doing jump squats for 30 seconds and you're only resting 30 seconds, that all depends on your own programming, on you know your own goals. But point being is high intensity interval training is going to help get you there faster. So you've got cardio, you've got calorie intake, you've got strength training. And to sum everything up, to tie it all up and send it off in a bow, The moral of this story and the whole point that I kind of like have been trying to get across this whole time is that when we continue to do the same things, our body adapts to it and it, and it maintains, right? So our body then gets used to what we do and nothing changes, right? Remember those variables change one, it's going to change another. So if nothing is changing, then nothing is changing, right? Have you ever heard that saying? If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you want to see change, you've got to change either the calorie input. So maybe you need to reverse diet and you need to increase those calories in order to start cutting right? You can't cut from a thousand calories. It doesn't work. You're going to be even more stuck than you were before. So are you eating enough? Do you need to reverse diet, increase calories then to cut back? And you got to be patient with yourself because it doesn't happen overnight. If you want to see instant success, you're going to have to go take a little magic pill that doesn't exist. Um, Or we reevaluate and or, right? I don't want to say it's it's not one or the other. It's, you know, it, it could quite possibly be both. But I would recommend first and foremost, starting with the calories, then reevaluating how much cardio are you doing 
and do you need to cut back on the steady state and add in a hit day? And then last but not least, how much strength are you doing? I personally recommend four to five days a week of weightlifting. So whether you're using resistance bands, I've got like quite a few sets of some awesome resistance bands. So whether you're using resistance bands, whether you're using dumbbells, kettlebells, maybe you're going to a gym, strength training four to five days a week to see some real results, right? And then how much cardio you do is really all subjective. But baseline, right guys, girls, ladies, I'm talking to you. We're probably not eating enough calories. I know we're busy. I know we all have lives. We have careers. We have children. We have social lives. We think skipping the meals makes us skinnier, makes us better. It doesn't. And I'm just here to reassure you that. Remember, food is fuel. Food is your friend and it makes you feel freaking good. So that being said, I'm summing up this episode. Somehow I always tend to talk for like roughly like 40 minutes. So I just looked at the time and that's about where we're at. So if you guys want to chat more about this, I am happy to chat more about this. DM me on my Instagram. You can find me at at Natalie Falco underscore fit, or you can find my other Instagram at proving it plant-based. And yeah, I want to hear from you because if you're stuck and you feel like, you know, nothing seems to be working, I don't know why I eat healthy, I train, I exercise really hard. This episode could be for you. And I'm happy to chat with you more. You can always book a free discovery call with me. Um, At the moment, my group coaching program has closed. We have just started the PB3 method round two for the next three months. But I do have a few spots opening up for one-on-one coaching. So go ahead onto my website, provingitplantbased.com and go ahead and book your free 30-minute discovery call. All right, so I hope that this episode was helpful and gave you a little bit of insight as to what maybe you can be doing differently. Because once again, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you're trying to level up, you don't stay the same. You don't want to stay the same. All right, so I'm happy to connect you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today, allowing me into your speakers, into your headphones, your car radio if you're driving. I really, truly appreciate it. It is an honor and a pleasure. My name is Natalie, you guys. I will talk to you soon and tune in to next week. Bye for now.